Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. We are with the POTQ class level one on August 15th. 2016, and our class subject tonight is Tantra and Eastern uh, Sex Magic, and we have with us a guest teacher, uh, Magdalena Knight. I'd like to introduce you to the class. We have Arthur, Sarah, Tara, and Chloe, and um, I'm not sure who got their homework done. Go back over to the homework. But Magdalena, if you would like to, uh, Magdalena was a graduate on 2011, correct? Yes, I think so. And then you graduated POTQ 2 in 2013. Possibly 2012. Those dates may be wrong, but yeah. Okay, great. Would you huh. like to have more of an introduction? Would you like to share a little bit about yourself? I was going to prompt you, and who are you? I wasn't sure who you, who we're recording for for posterity. Hi, everyone. I'm Magdalena. Um, you'll hear some folks. Uh, in POTQ also call me Jen, the Magdalena Knight uh, persona is my spiritual name and that's my professional um, sex ed persona. So uh, most of the, the Kadishti tribe knows me as Jen. So uh, if there was some confusion there once we started the call recording. Um, I did graduate uh, past the Kadishti in 2011 and um, uh, POTQ2 shortly thereafter, and I just don't recall. Um, it was a it was a wild and woolly couple of years, um, <clears throat> and since that uh, uh, POTQ2, I've done the tantra portion of the POTQ1 um, every summer thereafter. So I'm happy to be back to talk about Tantra. Um, I don't have a whole lot of like Eastern sex magic stuff uh, for for us to go over. Um, so that was a little bit of a curveball for me, but we'll talk about Tantra for sure. Well, that was um, part of their homework also. Oh, okay. So cool. All right. Interrupt you there. No, it's all right. Um, I have been at this, yeah, for about five years. Um, 2011 is, is five whole years ago. Um, and I went on from the POTQ modality um, to get really involved in the activism component of, um, of sacred sexuality. Um, or That's one of the, the uh, areas that I've gone with it, and, and human sexuality and sex ed 
altogether. Um, it just it, the this occupation uh, was taking enough of my off hours that I decided to make it my day job. Um, and so today I'm focused on um, the sex and marginalization and sex and shame um, are two of the areas that, that I really focus on as a cue um, and that a lot of times looks at um, or focuses or looks like uh, the sex and mar marginalization component is the areas where um, class and race and gender um, intersect and how they impact authentic sexual freedom. And uh, I've been fortunate enough to be uh, uh, exposed to the Woodhull Sexual Freedom Summit, and that's a national organization, the Sexual Freedom Alliance of um, lawmakers and social workers and, um, you know, attorneys and lobbyists and uh, sex therapists. And uh, the, it's a coalition um, that just keeps everybody apprised of what's going on nationally on the legal issues and the culture of sex and all that stuff. So um, I've participated in the, in the summit for the last two years as well. So, um, so that's a little bit about me. <clears throat> I'm also involved in uh, sex worker rights, SWAP, the um, sex worker outreach, outreach program uh, here in Detroit. I need to either take it off of my webpage or actually launch the damn thing because I've been talking about it for like two years. Um, but there was another uh, uh, sex worker advocate by the name of Kristen D'Angelo that I met at uh, one of these sex cons who kind of looked at me with that brave heart, like you have a sense of purpose sort of thing. Um, and she started up the, the SWAP chapter uh, out in LA. So um, that's something that I feel really drawn to doing as well. So that's me. Um, I'd like to know a little bit about you guys. I saw in the uh, in the homework where it was like, what's one thing that you would like to know about Tantra or what would you tell people in an elevator speech? So if you haven't done your homework, I'm not going to ask everybody to chime in on their elevator speech. Um, but I would like to know what are you curious about with Tantra before I jump in to, you know, what is it and some of the some of the ways to practice it. I'm curious about how to bring Tantra into your day-to-day -day life. Is it Tara, Sarah, or Chloe? It's Chloe. Chloe. So how to incorporate it into daily life? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Anybody else? Um, hi, Jen. It's Tara. We've met several times. Hey, Tara. Um, I think realistically... Sorry, I'm thinking of a way to, to, to word it properly. Um, because, um, not only with my partner, but I myself because I have fibromyalgia. Um, so disability is an issue in my world. And I'd like to know, and I'm also new to Tantra, so I'd like to have a better idea of how to bring that into um, a more disability-friendly, intimate situation. Awesome. Intimacy and disability and how Tantra can help. Beautiful. Yep. Cool. And Sarah, somebody from Michigan got hung up. So was that you, Sarah, or was that you, Arthur? That was me. Oh, okay. Did you hear what Jen's question was? Sarah? Oh. 
Did you hear what Jen's question or Magdalena's question was? Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to go with a no. What's, what are you curious about with Tantra? I'm just asking everyone to go around and, you know, what's one thing that you'd like to get out of the call or um, something that you're curious about with Tantra? Did we lose her? Is she still there? No, she's Sarah? still here. Sarah, are you still there? Oh. Sarah? I don't think she can hear Hello? Hello, we can hear you. Okay. Did you hear what, what my answer was? No. Unfortunately, no. I don't know if it was <laughs> muted. Okay. Um, well, I, I I just said that I read somewhere that you can turn chaos in your life into like into more love, and I was just wondering how to do that. Awesome, chaos into more love. Got it. And that tantra would help you do that, huh? Yeah. Cool. All right, Arthur. Here's the last one. Um. I'm just an information junkie, and I I like learning about stuff. So, I mean, bring it on, baby. It's a thirsty brain. I have a thirsty brain. That's a good way of putting it. Okay. Anything anything else I can put into my toolbox, I'm all about it. Okay. So I guess I'll just take, like, general. You just like it all. just like to know stuff. I like to know stuff. Information is power, and I like to be powerful. A lot. Do, 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 do. I am. Ah, here it is. Cool. All right. Well, just to jump in, um, I have uh, four or five bullet points, uh, or just main target areas that we'll hit, not just only four bullet points. Um, but in order to sort of set the stage, I want to dive in with an introduction. And I shared this um, on my Facebook, so this will be a repeat if, uh, you, if you follow my Facebook super, super close. Um, Tantra. It was, this was posted by somebody else. I did not write this. Um, when I tell people that sometimes I teach Tantra, the first thing that I have to do is disabuse them of the notion that Tantra has anything to do with sex, at least anything more than with anything else, say, eating or tying your shoelaces. Then I have to inform them it is suicidally difficult rather than orgasmically blissful, though in fact both and also insist a good deal on the shadow work aspects just to mop up anyone who might still be interested for good measure. By then, I already lost about 95% of those I speak to or got them all riled up if they are the practitioners of Marin Tantra or, as I heard some friends call it once, advanced getting off. If sex is what they seek, which is a very good thing, and I love it too, there are countless places that I can send them to, clubs, parties, workshops, classes, 
body workers, somatic sex coaches, sex workers, sex shops. At least in California, you cannot turn anywhere without running into some of those. This is just a measure of the hunger for this that is so rampant in our repressed Western world that has co-opted this old practice. Tantra is one of the oldest traditions transmitted directly without interruption for a few thousand years. And some say that it has shamanic roots that date back to the beginning of times as human beings latched onto its juicy aspects that spoke to our modern psychoses and pretty much forgot about all the rest, including most of the essential matters. Tantra is about one thing and one thing only, waking up, nothing more. It uses everything and anything to that effect. It is like the Krav Maga of the spiritual disciplines. It uses sex and desire because they are very powerful. It also uses very dangerous, they are also very dangerous fires to fan out and can burn out of control. It uses psychic blades, danger, intensity, paradox, taboo, fear, overwhelming emotions, pain, and work that is highly unsuitable for anyone who is actually dealing with trauma. In fact, the equating of Tantra with sexual healing is one of the greatest confusions ever perpetuated on this old practice, even if it stems from a very legitimate place. Sexual healing is extremely helpful, very necessary, and does not happen anywhere near the scale we need it to yet, and it is not Tantra. To give you just one idea to gnaw on, there is no such concept of safety in Tantra. Why? Because there is no safety in life. And Tantra is like life and just like life. It is non-dual. And it uses one of the most insanely devastating and ecstatic elements known to mankind, love. Not your grandma's love or your pet's love or your harmonious relationship love. No, fission and fusion grade love, incinerating love, what Rumi speaks of, what Kali stands for. Tantra does not just incidentally burn or is destructive, but it does so on purpose. It is meant to cut through illusions, dismantle, disintegrate, fast and hard, graceful, but without mercy. It is an arrow pointed right at the heart of duality and conceptual thinking and ego and pretense and falsehood. As such, you have a lot to lose by pursuing it, including, including possibly your sanity, especially if you come to it with unhealed baggage and need therapy or just a good fuck. And the cost for what you have to gain is extremely high, and the quote-unquote only thing to gain is just waking up. Bliss is not guaranteed. Sex is irrelevant. Desire is used as fuel not to be indulged. Better relationships are not of any importance. At best, they are all possible side effects, not any more desirable than anything else. At worst, they can be terrible detours, addictions, and dead ends. But only if what you seek is to wake up. Otherwise, those are pretty awesome places to stop at, wouldn't you say? And that's why you won't find much at all in terms of good Tantra in California, in fact. Though what you can find is lots of exceptional therapy and great sex. I'd be more than happy to guide you towards any of those if you like. As for Tantra, I would most likely recommend that you reconsider. Don't overestimate your capacity, nor buy the snake oil on the market with that name. By the end of the day, anyone can call anyone anything. You can call your cat Tantra and say, in full confidence, I know Tantra. But those who really know are rarer. Be careful. Choose wisely. 
And then the, the author uh, put in a bow here to his own ruthless loving teachers who have put him through fires and continue to. So that's absolutely been my experience. I mean, that was very resonant with my experience. Wow. Wow, right? Deep. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so Tantra can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. Um, it can be very sort of like high on the mount and only uh, to be practiced by, you know, yogic uh, masters. And that if we were following that oral tradition, that unbroken lineage of, of the practice, the spiritual mystery school of Tantra, that would be um, authentic. That would be true, um, is that we would not even be discussing Tantra without mastering lots of poses and breathing and um, and it can be as simple as, you know, bringing awareness to the breath, to the present moment. So my elevator speech about um, Tantra has to do with, with just that, just attention and awareness and breath. And, and I do a lot of um, demystifying the misconceptions of sex. And um, I noticed in the, in the thing that, uh, in the homework notation that Patricia and Mark Michaels um, and Barbara Corellis are both uh, cited as, as resources. And at this point, I know them both. I know all of those parties. Um, and Patricia and Mark Michaels are really good. Um, and, and Barbara is a sweetheart. Um, and so uh, they're both doing, both of those entities are doing really good work in terms of um, doing that demystification and bringing um, the tantric view, which I do think is really compatible with Kadishti eyes and sacred touch um, and bringing it sort of out of the temple and into the streets. Um, and that's what I especially love about Barbara Corellis's take on Tantra is that uh, the book opens with, with an erotic lap dance um, where she's able to, to lock eyes with her client and, um, and, and through breath and attention, um, this magical ritual of the lap dance um, the, the writing is really, really fantastic. So it, it just, it takes, um, it, it turns what we would normally consider a profane um, experience in our Western ideologies of, of sex and, um, and turns it into a ritualistic, um, sacred experience inside of about four pages. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's what Tantra is. It is bringing um, the, the, compassionate awareness to the present moment. It is being totally in your senses and slowing way down in order to listen to those senses. So before um, I get too into um, Tantra or Chakra senses and, and some of the things that Tantra has to teach us, I wanted to give you just a quick... Um, <clears throat> a quick uh, thing here from, from Urban Tantra. So this is from Barbara Corellis' book. Um, so how do we find real ecstasy? How do we introduce real ecstasy into our already overloaded lives? The answers are simpler than you may think. We need to stay in the present moment. Don't try so hard. Stay in the present moment. Drop your expectations and your judgments. Stay in the present moment. Surrender. Stay in the present moment. Be more conscious. Stay in the present moment. And learn how to do all of this in sex in the present moment. 
So all that consciousness really means is that you're in a relaxed state of awareness with a quiet mind, able to focus gently and easily on what's going on at the present moment. Um, breath is a lot of what we work with in, um, in Tantra, using the breath to um, increase our sensation in, uh, in any area of the body or in any area truly of, of the emotions or the you know, sensate experience in the body and the mind um, and, and uh, following and then using the breath to also increase and direct where energy flows through the body. So here's a little focused awareness exercise. So I want you to close your eyes. We're going to go through a little thing here. So I don't know how energy sensitive folks on the call are. And this will be just a quick, um, like two-minute tantra. Let's show how this works. The first principle is that energy follows thought. And at Glee, we would say where attention goes, energy flows. So once you've closed your eyes, put all of your attention on the little finger of your right hand. Send your breath there. Visualize light from 100 stars shining into this little finger. Hear the sounds inside your finger. Feel the blood pulse there. Just keep doing that for a minute. Does anybody feel a change? Feel anything different in their little finger? Maybe a little warm. A little warm. Does it feel different mm-hmm. than the other fingers? I would say I'm more aware of it, and it feels warmer. Thank you. Anyone else? Yeah, mine is definitely like hotter more than warm. <laughs> Not quite uncomfortable, but very aware of it. Yeah. Kind of got that whoa, 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 kind of pulsy, yeah. feverish yeah. feel. Yeah. Cool. Some people will describe it as feeling as if their little finger is the only finger on their hand. That it's sort of like the sensation and that little exercise blows out the feeling, the being able to be sensate of the other ones. <clears throat> All right. So that's. Just that that tiny exercise is a microcosm of the kinds of things that we do in Tantra, of bringing uh, your awareness to a thing and breathing with it and then using your imagination to visualize um, something happening with that energy, whether it's growing or it's becoming more light, um, you know, becoming more full, uh, or whether that energy is traveling throughout the body. So um, that it, those are the basics of Tantra. And so we're going to talk about, I'm going to give you three more things, and then we'll start to talk about the chakra system. Uh, 
the full conscious breath. This is something that we can do anytime, anywhere. Um, and I, like I've talked about, breath is really essential to the study and the practice of Tantra. Um, and where attention goes, energy flows. So when we become more aware of our breath, um, and then we can do things with our breath, and then subsequently we can uh, do things with our energy. So four kinds of breath that we can count on to um, uh, Barbara talks or teaches four different kinds of breath. So I'll go through uh, these different breathing styles. When you're practicing, uh, you want to keep in mind the general guidelines that you want to keep your eyes open and focus gently at a point across the room so that you stay focused in the present moment and don't sort of float off into ecstasy land. So you're not nodding off or spacing out. You want to set a timer so that you don't have to keep track of time. That way you can have some of that, um, that relinquishing and surrender. And when your time is up, Take three deep breaths and then return to your regular breathing. And then always after any breathing practice, you want to notice how you feel after each of the four conscious breaths. So each of these are just four styles of four conscious breaths, so they'll be pretty quick. And then breathe through your mouth while you're learning every one, except for the breath of fire, which is always, always done through the nose. So um, when, you're become, when you've become familiar with the breath, you can experiment with nose breathing versus mouth breathing. So if anybody in the class is experienced at tantric breathing, you can, you can try nose breathing. So the bottom breath, um, this is a very grounding breath, and I will uh, do this, especially when sitting on the ground. So bottom breathing is a gentle and easy way to calm, um, calm down the body and open up the senses. It's an ideal breath to use when you want to move out of a busy or stressful state into doing a more easy and relaxed uh, awareness of being. So if you can sit on the floor with your legs crossed or in a hard-backed chair with your feet flat on the floor and your spine straight. With your hands, you want to pull sort of the fleshy part of your butt aside so that you're really sitting on your sit bones. Um, and when I teach this in class, I really allow everybody to sit around and like look a little inappropriate with their hands up in their in their thighs and stuff. Um, but once you uh, learn the breath, you don't have to focus so much about having your sit bones on the ground. It just helps, uh, especially when we're learning it. So you want to place your hands on your belly and to relax your belly, like allow it all go. Let it be round in your hands. That's one of our American and westernized things that a lot of us are subconsciously sucking in our gut uh, all the time. So our culture is fascinated with concave bellies, but bellies are really supposed to go out at least a little. <clears throat> I'm going to ask you to exhale all the air out of your lungs. And as you exhale, very gently push out on the anal sphincter. Imagine that your anus can kiss the floor or the seat of the chair. Just a little mwah. On the exhale, don't do anything. Don't contract your anus. Don't hold it. Don't push. Do, do nothing. Just let go. Repeat. On the inhale, push out with the anal sphincter. On the exhale, do nothing. The inhale, push out. And on the exhale, do nothing. 
all there is to it. If you find it hard to focus on your anus, try focusing on your belly button. The two are connected and they are doing the same thing with your diaphragm. As you breathe in, your belly button and your anus move outward. And as you exhale, they return to their original position without any effort on your part. This breath can take a while to get used to as we're not used to focusing on our butthole. Um, although it seems a little odd, it's a very, actually a very natural breath. And once I read it in the book, I totally observed. If you uh, look at children, you see that the butt really does sort of push out. Um, this is how we breathe when we're sleeping. Uh, and you can see it when we sleep on our side or our stomach. You'll see the butt and the belly button moving outward on the inhale and relaxing on the exhale. So what can you, did anybody feel anything special from the breath as you were practicing? Does anybody want to share? Yeah, now both of my hands are warm. Where You know, where they were over, well, kind of between chakras. <laughs> so now both of my hands are warm. Okay. Some people will experience a face flush as the, um, the tension is released from the body. So again, uh, because the anus, don't feel embarrassed if you have the face flush. That's, that's totally normal. And then others uh, sometimes say that it feels like their whole body becomes a sense organ, like it wakes up all the senses all everywhere. And then others say that, um, like you said, between the chakras, that it can link up the top and the bottom. Um, so this is just a really good way to get into a profound state of awareness really fast. So the circular breath, we'll move on to the next one. Um, <clears throat> this one is, is one of my favorites for just um, cycling, I guess, and, and grounding. Um, this one typically, in the, it, in the book, it suggests that you practice for five or ten minutes. You can really keep it going almost indefinitely. Uh, the essence of the circular breath is breathing in a continuous flow with no break or pause. I guess in yoga this would be close to, I believe it's vinyasa breathing, uh, which sounds like the waves of the ocean. It's really, 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 uh, it sounds almost like a yawn or um, snoring in the back of the throat on the inhale and then pushing out. Um, uh, it, it, again, sounds like, uh, maybe it's just in my own head, it sounds like the ocean. Anyhow. So the circular, circular breath, the inhale, um, is going to flow effortlessly into the exhale, which flows seamlessly into the next inhale. So you can do this one sitting, standing, or lying down in any position that's comfortable. You just want to be able to feel your breath. So you want to breathe gently through your mouth, keeping your jaw relaxed and your lips slightly parted. And any breath, it helps to exhale just to get started. You want to feel the back of your throat open and relax, and don't force or push the breath. The inhale will require a little more effort than the exhale, but it should just gently fall out. Imagine your breath making a complete, unbroken circle. This particular breath is good, is useful for circulating erotic energy 
scratch your own body, and we're going to talk about the microcosmic orbit here in a minute, and between yourself and your partners. So when you can really perfect and um, keep this circular, seamless breathing where it's unbroken between the inhale and the outhale, and it all feels very effortless, um, that it's, you're in a really good, really good place to practice Tantra on your own or with a partner and cycle that energy. It builds and moves the energy, and it intensifies the feelings, both emotional and physical. I can absolutely attest to that. Uh, variations on the circular breath include breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth, which is typically how I teach it, and visualizing an unbroken figure eight instead of a circle. And you can twist it in the middle, or you can have um, the meridians kind of like do a cross at your navel for that unbroken figure eight. Did anybody experience anything? Is anybody practicing? You guys want to share? I found it to be very, like, calming and focusing. Let me really focus on my breath. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Anybody else? Anybody else? I have a question. No. Yeah, go ahead. How do you how do you stop the dry mouth? <laughs> how do you stop the dry mouth? A yeah. mint. <laughs> okay. Stay well hydrated. Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't. Um, yeah. I guess I don't run into that so much, or I keep water nearby. I, um, yeah, pro tip, I'll figure out what to do about dry mouth. Anybody else? All right. We will move on to the heart breath, and then the um, I'm going to save actually the breath of fire for the end because that's sort of the the big hoorah. That's the the fireworks here. So um, we'll talk about the heart breath, and we'll talk a little bit about the microcosmic orbit. So this one again, you want to practice for maybe five to ten minutes at a time. If you never learn to practice any other kind of breathing, Barbara wants you to learn this one. Um, you could have a perfectly lovely time with this one all by itself. You can speed it way up or slow it way down. It can take in a lot of air with a minimum amount of effort and tension, and it's a great all-around breath for all erotic purposes. This is the breath that we used at the beginning of the chapter when we first explored how changing our breathing could change our consciousness. Um, if you were reading the book, you would have done that. So, yawn. Feel how the yawn opens the back of your throat and stretches out your whole mouth and face. It's the feeling of openness you want when you're doing the heart breath. So breathe. Let your mouth fall open slightly. Relax your jaw and face. Open the back of your throat and breathe in through your mouth gently but fully. Then exhale, not pushing the breath out. Just let it fall with a gentle sigh. Ah. Take in as much air as you can. Ah. As effortlessly as you can. Ah. And let it go. 
and keep breathing. This is big, wide mouth. Incidentally, exhaling with a sound, and I get a little sex nerd on you here, there's a nerve at the back of your jaw called the vagus nerve, and it is connected to uh, your pericoctal, uh, pericoccus, the PC muscles uh, down in the groin, that basket of stuff that holds our insides in if we're girls. Um, the vagus nerve connects. And so when we make a noise, when we exhale, and, and we make a noise that you can feel in the chest, it signals throughout the parasympathetic system that we are safe, that we are okay. And um, so it, it, was, uh, it was amusing at Sex Geek Summer Camp. There was a whole lot of everybody take a deep breath and uh, exhale with a sound. It was a lot like being a glee. Um, <laughs> uh, so um, that one reminds me of a breath that I have for sure seen lots of in the sex magic um, container lots of big open mouth <gasps> and exhaling making a sound did anybody feel anything that they'd like to share from the heart breath Just checking the time real quick. All right, 8 o'clock. Cool. Cool beam. All right, we're going to talk a little bit about the chakras. I don't know how um, how aware everyone on the call is. There are seven main chakras. There are lots of, uh, of chakras all over the body. There are chakras on your hands and the feet and, and your head and in your face and all this stuff. But the seven main um, that are talked about a lot are all in the central column of the body. Sometimes it's called the central flute. So starting at the bottom of the body, the first chakra is red. And um, we're going to be doing an, a breathing exercise where we'll be moving energy through these chakras. So I'm going to talk a little bit about um, how folks experience them in the body. A lot of times I envision um, the root chakra red kind of like an orange or a tennis ball, sort of right there in the perineum. No matter what genital configuration you get, it's sort of like between the urethra and the anus. So sort of between the front fun parts and the rear fun parts, if that's a fun part for you. Um, so that's, that's where the chakra lives. Um, and so you want to envision, uh, you know, like I said, right, just about like a... a, a orange size or tennis ball sized orb and that chakra is red and impacts the main focus of that chakra is survival stability and security some of the affiliations for that um, chakra are again survival and materiality the force which binds your body into or rather binds your soul into your physical form and your connection to the earth this is when we talk about grind, uh, grounding energetically. That's where you plug in. The element, if uh, you follow along for the witchy woo source in the class, this element is earth. 
it impacts the sense of smell. Uh, and in terms of the endocrine system, it uh, impacts the adrenals. It's associated with the organs, the kidneys, the spinal cord, the uh, spinal column, the blood, the feet, the legs, basically everything south of the belt line, um, uh, skeleton, lymph, bladder, and teeth. <clears throat> the right of the root chakra is to have the fear or the negative, I'm sorry, the negative pole is fear. So fear is the block of this chakra. A deficient uh, functioning root chakra will uh, look like restlessness, a lack of discipline, and attacks of fear. And an overactive root chakra will look like materialism, hoarding, monotony, and a general spiritual heaviness. So, um, again, we'll be doing a, a clench and hold um, breath where you're going to pump at uh, the PC muscles as if you needed to stop the flow of pee, and you'll just sort of squeeze them one, two, three, four, and that happens right there in the root chakra too. So before we move on, I wanted to mention that. So moving on up the body, uh, the second chakra is called the sacral chakra, the spleen chakra. Color is orange. It's kind of right there between your hips, um, where the womb is, where the uh, the uterus is, right above the cervix, um, real low in the abdomen if you're a girl. Uh, the main focus is uh, sexuality and cre creativity. This is sort of the, the super juicy, sexy, this is the party time chakra. Um, the <clears throat> applications, a creation, movement, yin and yang, and duality. Uh, the element is water. The sense that it impacts is taste. The endocrine system are the gonads, your reproductive system, which is not surprising. The associated organs, again, are your reproductive system, the lumbar area and your spleen, again, the spleen chakra. The right of this chakra is to feel. Uh, the block of this chakra is guilt. The a deficient or an underactive chakra, second chakra, will look like rigidity, frigidity, impotence, and emotional numbness. Uh, an overactive chakra, second chakra, will look like poor physical boundaries and overly emotional. So uh, we'll be cycling the energy to go on up the chakra system. So again, we're going through them in the order that um, the energy will move. So we'll start at the base and move on up through the rainbow. So that one was red. I'm sorry, the first one was red. That one was orange. We'll move on to the yellow. Number three, the solar plexus chakra. Again, it's yellow. The main focus of that chakra is power and self-esteem. It's affiliated with um, power or will and ego. <clears throat> the element is fire. It's associated with the, with the sense of vision. It Im impacts the pancreatic, endocrine pancreas system. It's associated with the organs, stomach, liver, bladder, small and large intestines, eyes, muscular system, and skin. Um, the rights of this um, uh, chakra to act and the block of this is shame a deficient functioning solar plexus chakra will look like a person who is sluggish passive fearful or has a weak will and somebody who has an overactive third chakra will be domineering aggressive constantly active and blaming of others 
The fourth chakra, um, oh, and I'm sorry, the solar plexus chakra in terms of sensing it in the body, um, right on the navel or sometimes just above the navel. So I don't know if, um, if we have any martial artists in the, in the class, um, Dan Tien or, so, or Source Point, there's a lot of um, energetic uh, words, esoteric words about that sort of middle area of the body, but right there over the middle, um, right over your navel, navel is the solar plexus. <clears throat> sort of like base of the rib cage by the diaphragm. All right, so number four, uh, the uh, this is the heart chakra. It is green or pink. I typically envision it as green and experience it as green. The main focus of this chakra is our love and relationships. Again, the affiliations have to do with love, unity of mind and body, of heaven and earth, and of relationships. The element is air. The sense is touch. And the endocrine system, it's associated with the thymus and the heart. And the associated organs are the heart, the lungs, breast, blood, the chest area, arms, hands, and the vagus nerve. Uh, the right of this is shockingly to love. And the uh, block of this chakra is grief. Deficient and under-functioning heart chakra will look like somebody who is critical, shy, isolated, and, and lacking in empathy. And somebody who's overactive in the heart chakra will be codependent, possessive, and narcissistic. Moving on up to the throat chakra. Um, this one is an exciting one to work on with clients. Uh, the throat chakra glows blue, and it is right over your voice box there, <clears throat> as, as it would imply. The color is blue. The attributes are communication and self-expression. Some of the affiliations with the chakra are, are again, communication, self-expression, creativity, and purification. Um, and that's where I see a lot of interest in the client work in terms of purification. I see a lot of blockages of people not speaking their truth. Um, and it ends up uh, causing sickness like causing illness in their body. Anyway, uh, elements, this one is associated with the ether. Uh, the sense is hearing. Uh, and in the endocrine system, this one is associated with thyroid and parathyroid. Associated organs for this are the lungs, the throat, and the neck area. The right of the throat chakra are to speak, and the block of this chakra are lies. Some of the deficient, uh, a low-functioning throat chakra would have fear of speaking, aphasia, which is not finding the right word in your vocabulary because I have that thing, poor rhythm, um, and an excessively functioning throat chakra is uh, excessive talk, inability to listen, and stuttering. Moving on up the body, and by the time we get to this place, I may very well be nonverbal in the breath of fire. That's just a good time to warn you about that. Once we get north of the throat chakra, um, my own breath tends to be so full of energy or desire that I either can't be doing the breath of fire, like I can talk you through it, or I can do it um, because I'm, I'm really more orgasming than I am talking or instructing. Um, so, right, moving on up the body here to the third eye, uh, the brow chakra. Again, if you uh, close your eyes and look up towards the center of your forehead, uh, towards like the inside of your forehead, that's about where your third eye is. 
it glows indigo. Its main focus is intuition, insight, and inspiration. The affiliations are uh, with awareness, insight, clarity, and vision. The element is inner sound, the sense that's associated with extrasensory perception, ESP. The endocrine system is associated with the pituitary gland or sometimes the pineal gland. Uh, the associated organs with this one are the, the ears, nose, face and forehead, sinuses, and lower brain. The right of the third eye chakra is to see. And the negative, uh, the block of the third eye chakra is illusion. An under-functioning uh, third eye chakra looks like somebody with poor vision, somebody who can't see problems uh, or poor, has poor memory. And an overactive third eye chakra is a lack of concentration, delusion, and headache. And then most of those uh, chakras are depicted when we look at them in graphics as being sort of like a funnel, like a double-ended like trumpet, uh, with the funnel being inside the body and, and those flared parts being sort of to the front and the back. And then the crown chakra at the top of the head is the only one that sort of changes orientation. It truly sits on top of the head like a little tiara. So this one points up, um, and I would argue also probably the root also probably points down, that the, maybe the depictions are not all the way accurate. But they're thought of as being wheels of energy. So exactly the shape of these uh, energy vortexes may be not so important. What's important is that we can feel them and work with them. Uh, so the seventh one, top of the head, is called the crown chakra. Uh, the color glows violet or white. Its main focus is awareness, spirituality, and liberation. It's affiliated with consciousness, divinity, and limitless awareness. The element is inner light. The sense that it's associated with is unity or empathy. This one is also associated with the pineal gland and the endocrine system. The associated organs are the upper brain and the right eye. <clears throat> The right of this uh, chakra is to know. The block of the chakra is attachment. Deficiently functioning crown chakra would be spiritual skepticism, apathy, and learning dis difficulties. Uh, excessively functioning crown chakra would be confusion, overly intellectual, spiritual addiction, and dissociation from the body. So um, new up-and-coming information, both Barbara Corellis and I are, are working on it, like she's working on it uh, simultaneously, and I was, is overlaying the um, uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs with the seven chakra system because it's uncanny how, how very well they really do align. Um, so I went to see Barbara at Catalyst Con in 2015, and she was posting on it, and I was just getting it going in my own little binder and my own little brand. So, you know, hot off the, off the mystic tantric presses, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs really, really lines with the chakra system. So um, that'll be a new sort of angle of teaching, like, oh, working with your energy systems really can make you a more whole person and stuff. Um, so, yeah, so let's talk about the breath of fire. Do we, I have any questions? I've been talking a lot. Any questions on the chakras before I move on? No, not from me. 
Okay, cool. It, it was a lot of information. It was. <laughs> it was like a whole grid. It probably would work better on a PowerPoint than just sort of reading it. Okay, so the Kunda, or rather the microcosmic orbit, um, now that we've, I'm going to just derail just for a second, so put a pin in, the, in your chakra awareness. Um, we're going to talk just for a second about the microcosmic orbit because it got a little uh, out, out, out of the flow here. Um, you want to imagine uh, anytime you're circulating the breath, you can use this microcosmic orbit um, solo or with, uh, with uh, a partner with many partners, um, you want to envision uh, sort of an egg-shaped orbit around your body. Oh, look at this. I have two, I have this lovely little picture in front of me of Kundalini as ascending serpents and the spine, the microcosmic orbit being an inner circuit which goes sort of inside the face and the skeleton, um, and then it links up with an external uh, egg, like an orb on the outside of the body, and then the inner flute being just just the the chakras, which is why I say that this is sort of sort of a derail, a little bit to the side. So the microcosmic orbit, <clears throat> uh, in order to close the inner orbit, so it's an inner orbit and an outer orbit. The inner orbit starts at the roof of the mouth and goes up on the inside of the skull, up through the, uh, the forehead and, and back down the back of the neck and the back of your spine and then up, um, comes down through the, the genital basket and then again up through the front of the body, uh, up through the throat, the front of the chest cavity, again up through the throat and the palate, out through the bottom palate. So, um, when we're when we work with microcosmic orbit, we want to close the mouth. Sometimes I don't know if you study um, energy work stuff. Sometimes with the breathing, it's important, right? Whether whether the roof is the tongue is touching the roof of the mouth or not. But that's um, one of the subtle energy fields. That's the inner part of the microcosmic orbit, and from the outside, it extends again from the roof of the mouth out up over the nose, basically the same orbit on the exterior of the body. So again, up over the nose, over the forehead, over the skull, back, over the spine, over the back of the whole body, and then up under the genitals and um, forward. And, and yeah, so the flow of it, um, I think I actually just described it to you completely upside down and backwards. Uh, if I'm looking at the, at the thing, um, at the diagram here, it looks like she's depicted that the energy goes out and down um, in the microcosmic orbit, that when you exhale that the energy would go out towards the floor. Yes, no, that's true, and then rain up the back. Um, it can be challenging to envision and feel it and then also talk about it, um, <laughs> which is why I was like looking at the picture and it's like, is that really right? But yes, it'll flow out the body sort of like a waterfall out of the mouth towards the ground. And then on the um, exhale, it actually flows up the rear of the spine and then sprinkles 
sort of down over the front of the body. And that's just been my experience when, with breathing with the microcosmic orbit. So just being aware of the inner orbit and the outer orbit. Not, don't be real particular about whether it flows up or flows down. Um, just if, if this is a thing that you want to practice, just becoming aware of um, that there is an orbit on the inside, that there is an orbit on the outside, and um, working with sending the energy in and out and up and down and around. All right, so to do the fire breath orgasm, I'm going to move into that next, and this will be the end. So um, if you guys have any questions after that, I will stay on the call. Um, to do the breath of fire, the fire breath orgasm, we are going to start down there in that root chakra. And with um, each breath, we're going to clench and hold. So um, there's a lot of different styles for doing this. You just want to um, choose any of the breaths that we've covered, um, or you can just breathe with it be with your own natural breathing. The point of the exercise is to again become more more aware of the energy in your chakras, and then be able to manipulate it, be able to do something with that energy. So um, uh, even advanced tantric practitioners try practice this, um, and uh, it can be done solo or partnered. Um, if you have a partner, you can uh, sit with your with your body sort of aligned, like one person in the other person's lap, and um, do the same sort of pumping, squeezing with the with the PC muscles, the Kegel muscles, um, in time with the breath. Uh, and it works really well if one partner is like exhaling as the other partner is inhaling. Uh, you can also do it where you're breathing totally in unison, right? Like I breathe out, you're breathing out, I'm breathing in, you're breathing in. Uh, but that sort of reciprocal breathing works really, really well. It feels pretty intuitive to have your partner breathing in as you are breathing out. It takes a minute to get into rhythm. Um, but so, uh, so we'll start at the very base chakra, again, down at the, at the red um, orb. And you just want to start with clenching, becoming aware of your breath, and pumping your PC muscles. As you're pumping those PC muscles and becoming aware of your breath, envision that red globe. Envision that with every breath and every few pumps, it gets brighter, it gets bolder, it gets redder, it gets a little larger. Every few pumps, it gets a little more full and a little more vibrant. pumping in time with your breath, focusing on that area between your urethra and your anus, and envision that that area is becoming more sensate, more warm, more colorful, more alive.
moving on up the chakra system. You move into the sacral, your sacral chakra. And it can feel like that red orb spills up into that orange, broader hip abdomen space, warming that whole area. And again, we want to envision it being orange. It's okay if you don't sense a color at first or if it's sort of dim or murky. With every breath, with every pump, it's a lot to think about. Keep pumping your kegels, keep being with your breath, keep thinking about that chakra. And it's okay if you lose where you are, you can just come back to the breath and come back to the clench. Start over at the root. So we're filling them from the bottom to the top. And whenever you're ready, that bright orange chakra spills up into your center of will, into that solar plexus where it glows. Maybe it's a lemon yellow. Maybe it's a bright goldenrod. Maybe it's a sunflower yellow. This is the zone of your will where you make your mark on the world. And again, pump it up, make it brighter, make it more full, fill it up with that erotic energy. Moving on up the chakra system, still pumping, still breathing into the heart chakra. (sighs) Generally, when I'm practicing it by this time, I can no longer be quiet. This is ah, a lot of compassionate, warm, empathetic, connective, um, compersion-y feelings pouring out of that green or pink heart chakra right between the nipples. My, sometimes my breasts will feel extra heavy. My nipples will feel super on fire when this chakra is really activated and really full. You want to fill that whole chest cavity with that bright pale green or pink, whatever color feels right to you. When I, with the breathing and the pumping and the squeezing, fill up that area. And on up into the throat chakra. This one, again, goes blue. And this is a place, whew, it is okay to make noise. Ah. Ah. We're bringing all that sex up from our will, through our love, to our heart. This is where we speak our truth in the world. All that delicious, sexy, yummy energy spilling up into the throat chakra where you get to be intuitive, your own reality in the world, moving it up between the brows where it glows purple 
Again, your place of second sight and intuition, the third eye chakra. This glow is bright purple. Bright lavender purple. This is the place where we get our messages and our visions. Ultimately, it spills all the way up to the crown chakra. Lots of fireworks and spilling out and into the universe, back, up, out, in all directions. (sighs) Sounds like Lynn got there. (laughs) <sighs> can't say I've had a lot of strong energetic like chakra experiences at the top of my head but when I feel it it does feel a lot like a tiara like a glittering ring of light at the top of my head where you're connected to all of your spirit guides and all of your ancestors and these would help us. So ta-da, that's the fire breath orgasm. It's a no-touch release. And uh, that is the thing that, if perfected, I think would help people who can't move so good and um, can't get around so good and possibly might be missing some uh, body parts. And I also think that it could help people who don't have uh, uh, physical freedom, like incarcerated. I think that we could maybe give them the ability to do Tantra. Um, So I love the fire breath orgasm, and that's one of my favorite things. It's one of the first things that I was able to facilitate at Glee. Um, And, uh, yeah, yay, lots of people coming and everybody keeping their clothes on. (laughs) so does anybody have any questions about tantra did anybody else feel stuff besides lynn having an energy orgasm (laughs) (laughs) no i definitely got to a certain point but i found out during my first experiential that my solar plexus chakra needs work so, yeah, I got as far as there, and I'm like, yeah, I'm still working on that one. Just kind of hit a wall. Yeah, that's okay, though. We're making progress. It's okay. I, I mean, it sounds like the devil you know, right? And sounds like not a surprise, anyhow. Anybody else? You know, I have that whole bed thing, so I wasn't able to feel it. No. You said you didn't feel anything? What? No, I, well, that's kind of one of my things is I just don't feel stuff. I don't I don't get to feel the woo, but I get to work in it pretty well, apparently. Yeah, that's okay. You're allowed to not feel stuff. Did you say that you're lucky enough to work with the woo? Sorry, I had to mute myself for a second. Yeah, it it's weird. Like I can I can manipulate the woo, the energy, the stuff. I mean, the people at the farm will tell you that I'm like an, a very fairly good grounder, 
to the point where I've been asked to come to energy work workshops to ground people for yeah. them. And, uh, but I don't, I don't have any kind of like sensation of what's going on. Like I, I literally do not feel the, the, the energy going through. That is bizarre because having hung out with you, you emanate energy. You're sort of like a like a Chernobyl wall 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 um, to be around you. And, um, yeah, yeah, and I don't, that, see, I don't, I don't and you just don't all. perceive it. Like you have no sensate whatsoever. None, none. Like the whole, you were talking about, like the heat in the fingertips and and that kind of stuff. No. Also not that. Also yeah, not no. that. Didn't. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it does. I, it, it, I, I realize it, that, like, in, in like really super, super intense like, connection scenes, like, you might get a little bit of something. And there's like, there's definitely like, I, I, I have been kind of a little bit drunk on it before. Um, but to be fair, that was with Danny. And for those of you that know Danny, you know what I'm talking about. Sure. Um, sure. <laughs> and. Um, but other than that, it's like it's like everything's turned down to like a, for for some people it's at an eleven, and for me it's at like a one. You know. Yeah, li- lifelong energy uh, healer or whatever says it's you know I, it do, it does seem like there's something deeper going on there because you can manipulate energy and and energy aware people around you are all you know get the to the energy spaces. Um, so right, it just it seems like maybe there is something deeper. It's it's a mystery. I want to open up your case. I want to take your case. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, nope. <laughs> But that's cool. No, it's okay to not feel stuff, and it is good to know that I, even and really, you know, on a on a bad weather day on a Tuesday during a scene, that you might on occasion feel something sometimes, um, because it, I think that that's been one of the things that flummoxes us as your friends. That you're like, what? I don't do woo. What? I'm a muggle. What? Don't look at me and 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 say energy things at me. And we're like, stop. You're pulling our leg. No, that's ridiculous. Because you you yes, people who experience you in life can right. They pick up on the woo. So yeah. Anybody else feel stuff? Well, cool. That's all I had, Lynn. Um, that's my presentation on Tantra. I'm going to go back. Um, daily life. Incorporating, um, Chloe, did you get something that you could incorporate into your daily life from this talk? Yeah, learning about the different kinds of breath, I think. It's definitely something I could incorporate into daily life, just practicing and learning to focus on breathing. Awesome. Yeah, and Barbara talks about, uh, Barbara Corella talks about how you can have an energy pick-me-up with your breath, that you can work on breath. So if you're in the middle of the day and you're having some issues, whatever, you can do a couple uh, heart breaths, and that can help pick up your energy. Totally. Cool. Yeah. Definitely breath. What about the disability? Did anybody hear anything here that might help people with disabilities, neurodiverse or physical disabilities? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just working through fire breath, you know, assuming I can get past that zipper or the uh, solar plexus chakra, but just working through that breath, I mean, I kind of do that intuitively during sex anyway, so I can see how it would produce that much energy. Um, I just obviously have a weird block by myself. But I think with somebody who has a disability, especially a movement disability, that would be a, a huge relief for them. Yay. Awesome. Oh, no. I don't want to call anybody out, but I know for sure there have been folks in our um, in our Glee and our POTQ tribe that have dealt with you know movement issues, um, and and sex magic and sacred sexuality have played a role in in you know having a sex life um, with some of those movement challenges. So, absolutely, big passionate yes behind that. Um, what about turning chaos into more love? Sarah, did you get anything that you could lose that you could use out of this? Um, I don't know. I guess I don't really understand that very well. I'm sorry. Do you didn't understand the question, or I guess like what they mean by turning chaos into more love. Okay. I mean, I get well, like what I learned today, I guess, could help. Um, just, I don't know. I, yeah, I guess it would help. It's hard for me to tell if um, the phone is making a whole bunch of noises or um, or what's going on. So sorry if I was if any of the awkward was on my end. I hope that you got something that you could use from it. Yeah, too, Sarah. Um, I think there's different things that that um, using breath to organize chaos um, can help. I think I think you have a two pronged question: um, chaos and love. Um, and I think that if you breath is one way that you can get calm out of chaos, but also working through your chakra system can really help with bringing more love to yourself first, and then you can share love with anyone else. But you have to bring, you have to find the love within yourself or for yourself first. And you okay. can that when you work through the chakra system. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that makes sense. Okay. Good answer, Lynn. Nice save. Good job. Um, All right. Well, Arthur, did you get something that you want? You were just here for a thirsty, curious brain. Did you get something out of it before I officially turn it back over to Lynn? Yes. Yes, you got something out of it. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> what it was, yes. was sort of cool, but I'm sure I got something. Affirmative. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks for your time. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, thanks for dialing in tonight.
Thank you very much. Thank you. Magdalena. Sorry. (laughs) No problem. If you'd like to mute me, I'll go ahead and listen in. I just need to sort of be more physically visible to my daughter. So. Okay. Cool. Tell your daughter we say hello. Oh, I shall. Yes, I shall. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's fine if you want to mute. Um, I wanted to run through people and, well, not run through people, run through people's answers. Um, As far as some of the techniques that appealed to you from part one or part two, what did did you have a chance to try anything or is it something that you want to try? And yes, I'm going to call on people because that's Woo-hoo. what I do. Does anyone want to speak up? Um, I, from part one, I definitely like the, um, uh, the touch experiment, you know, where you touch your own arm you know, and you start with a yeah. feather-like touch because obviously, and I know that was um, that was brought up. I think at our first teleconference was was how light the touch should be, how firm the touch should be, and then obviously the um, as things warm up and people's skin texture changes with slipperiness and everything. Um, and I know Julian addressed it at that time as in you become intuitive with your touch. Um, but I think that particular experiment was really nice because literally just touching yourself, even if it's just touching your arm, gives you a good concept of what is a good, smooth touch. Um, so I really like that one. And then from the um, from the part two section, um, it was uh, it was a breath work, which I was really, really glad that Magdalena went through that with us. But it was that breath work. I remember being on the table and you telling me, just focus on your breath. And it didn't occur to me that, that you and uh, the other practitioner that was working on me would also be focusing on your breath as you were doing it. Yeah. Um, so it, it didn't occur to me until I was reading that that I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I can't be the only person who's focusing. <laughs> no, that's good. And you applied both of those directly to Scarlet Sanctuary, so that's perfect. Yeah. Because that's that's the second part of, or the third part of that, doing those exercises is how do you apply it to Scarlet Sanctuary and POTQ Level 1, and you just did that, so. Yeah. Cool. Anyone else? Sarah, what did you find that appealed to you from part one and part two? And um, I wanted to learn how to do that more, and well, she went over it, so that's cool. Hot part or the the breathing part? Breathing part. Okay, good. 
Yeah, there's a, a lot that has to do with breath. And um, Tara is very correct that we all work on our breathing when we're doing this, or we should be concentrating on our breath and have it practiced enough that it's kind of in the background so you're not actually, other than working with the person who's laying on the table, you're not consciously thinking of your breathing. That makes sense. Right. Okay. Chloe, what'd you find? Um, I have not really had the chance to do the homework yet, but I have looked over, I looked over like the summary of Urban Tantra and some of the articles and, uh, okay. I, I just, uh, it really made me really want to read Urban Tantra and just, uh, the idea of like doing experiments with yourself, like practicing touch on yourself and kind of learning how, how to, how to touch like different degrees of touch was interesting and I feel like that's something I could definitely practice. Who wants to answer what of Magdalena's talk other than breath um, did we would be helpful and how would you apply it to Scarlet Sanctuary or to POTQ level one? Uh, for me, it was actually the the first passage that she was reading, the one from Facebook. Um, that was awesome. Yeah, it was. And it was also kind of eye-opening for me because, like I said, I'm, I'm really new to Tantra. Um, it's not something that I was ever really interested in before. And I did read that article from the guy, uh, Why I Hate Tantra. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah, I read that, and I was just like, oh, that's that's a really good point, you know, and especially because he gave a good distinct line between Neo-Chantra and Tantra. Um, but it was really the passage that Magdalena was reading that was just like, wow, yeah, I didn't, I didn't take that into consideration, that moving that much energy... Um, especially when there's already pain or trauma, whether it's physical or psycho-emotional, could be really, really bad, fucked-up thing to do. Yeah. I know. I, I might have to get her passage and see if she'll share it for the homework. Yeah. That was that was very good. That was very but it also makes more sense. I mean, um, recently Eric was having a bad gout attack and I'm trying to be helpful, and I did some sacred touch on him, and he wound up in even more pain. And I was just like, oh, what did I do? And now it makes more sense. Yeah, a lot of times when I have a migraine, Julian or other people want to help, and sometimes it just makes it worse, which means that there's energy moving, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that something's happening, it's just not go in the right direction. Right. Anyone else see how what Magdalena covered is applicable to Scarlet Sanctuary or POTQ level one? I think that moving moving the energies between the chakras, even if you're moving it you know, in an opposite direction from where from the exercise that she did, 
<clears throat> I think being able and being being able to visualize that stuff moving around would probably be helpful um, in you know when you're it, especially if you happen to be sensitive to that sort of thing you can kind of find you know where the blockages are and and if you feel so inclined to act, you know try and clear some of them up for your receiver now, or you can feel like me and just bulldoze the hell out of everything um I will say that what we do in POTQ1 and Scarlet Sanctuary is not seen as it's healing because we're doing loving touch. It's not healing because we have blockages in the chakras that we're working on. What you can do is gently send more love to a block chakra. But as far as opening some somebody up or as far as moving a blockage through that's not something that one we have time for in Scarlet Sanctuary. Now you can do that when you're working with a partner. Um, but as far as when we have Scarlet Sanctuary, uh, it's dangerous to move a lot of energy or blockages unless you know and you're there for the fallout. Because there will be fallout if you move blockages, even a little bit. Um, so does that answer, does that give you a straight enough answer on that? No, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, we can't heal the world or everyone in it in 15 minutes. There's that too. But you don't want to screw things up worse because there's people that have blockages and they're perfectly fine with where their blockages are. So, and that's that's their path. Right, and that's their protection mechanism. Yeah. So. Um, okay, who else would like to throw something out there that Magdalena taught that wouldn't be applicable for Scarlet Sanctuary or POTQ Level 1? I mean, I feel like just the the breath breath work and like the the heart breath and the first one I don't remember what it was called, but um, I don't know. That made me feel like really more in tune with myself, and I think that would help with being able to get more in the zone, forgiving touch. Okay, good point because that does help you get. When we talk about focus on your own breathing, that's exactly what we're talking about doing. So, good point. Did I hear from everyone? Did you answer, Sarah? Did I pick on you yet, Sarah? I thought you picked on Sarah already. Did I already pick on you, Sarah? Still on the call. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do we um 
Any other questions on Tantra right now? Okay. The next event that we'll have is the second experiential, which is not this week, but the following week. Jude, can you pull up the date? I think it's the 25th. Mm-hmm. 27th. 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 Yeah. Um, any questions with everyone making it here? We're going to start at 10 o'clock. Um, we're going to have a bagged lunch for, or pack your own lunch for, for lunch. And then we'll do a potluck in the evening. We'll probably do burgers and brats or something on the grill. So let me know. And let me know if you would like to invite. Um, so that they can receive. So that they can receive. And they can come with you and just hang out in the bunkhouse or outside on the patio. Because we'll be in the house working. And we'll hold the Scarlet Sanctuary in the house. But um, let me know who you'd like to invite. Also, um, while I have everyone's attention, be thinking about COPE is the second week, second Saturday in September, but we're going to be having a graduation here at the farm also. Can I get an idea as to if any of you would will be able to make the second graduation? Oh, I definitely want to do that one. Yes, I know you do. <laughs> uh, when is the second graduation? It's the seventh weekend after Cope, and I'm going um, to be here right now. It is. I'm not sure yet if I'll be able to make it, but I will let you know. Okay, it's September 17th. September 17th. Okay, I will take a look at my schedule. If I can, I I'm sorry, what was that? I said if I can make it, I definitely will. Okay. And I'll bring Tanya and possibly plus one more. Okay. Okay, that'd be great. And it'll be in the afternoon. Um, we'll probably have a starting like at two o'clock and we'll have a potluck in the evening again Uh, so let me know who all is coming so that I can make sure that I get enough food so that we make sure that we have enough people here to give and receive and all that other good stuff so that Sarah has a good graduation Sarah do you think you can make it on the 17th Second graduation, and well, I think I have to work that weekend. Okay. Okay. Okay, that's fine. I understand. Um, was there anybody that you wanted to invite for the second experiential? Oh, um, when is that again? The 27th of this month. Yes, 
I'm sorry, what was that? Sarah, did you have someone that you wanted to invite to the second experiential? Okay. Um, Please get me those names and email addresses so that I can get that done. Certainly. Soonly. Um, I found out that Robin's not going to be able to go, so it's just going to be me for the second experiential. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bummer. Yeah. Um, will she be at COPE? Yes, she will be at COPE. Okay. Cool. Um, do you know, is she planning on working Scarlet Sanctuary? Yes, I think so. Okay. I need to get an email out about Scarlet Sanctuary, too. Or COPE. Also, two, that, one, yeah. Okay. Um, If there's nothing else, I'm going to end the call. Then if there's any final questions, we can can talk still after the call recording has ended. And I'm going to end it now. Going to end it now. I haven't ended it yet. Oh. <laughs> it's not ending. It's not ending. It's not ending. Close the window, see if it's lost. No. And if I terminate, that ends the call and everyone's off the call. So I tell you what, is there anything else that anyone has any questions or anything on? Did you do terminate? Terminating that everyone's off. Gets knocked off. Yeah. Okay. I did that by mistake that one time. That's why I know. What do any of the other buttons work? Actually, got a response there. The IT guy is using his magic fingers and, and still having no working. luck. So if you do that, we're done. Okay. We're going to terminate the call. So if there's we're anything gonna else. And, we're going to try and terminate the call. If there's anything else, send me an email. Send me an email we'll with send address. send an email with questions. Okay. Oh, it's not working. Okay. Everyone just hang up. <laughs> Okay. Good night, everyone. Good night. Bye. Bye. I wonder why that isn't working. Close the window. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Are I ready? Fuck you. Let's come back to it real quick. Ready, call. Join the call. Still showing everyone on the call. It's still showing everyone on the call. 
Is there anybody left on the call? Chloe, Tara, Sarah, Arthur. Magdalena. Shut your shut your computer. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna have to Well it'll automatically stop recording at two at nine thirty, right? But won't it stop then? Well if you turn it off it should stop. Um that's the thing is what did you just do? You just Sign out. Oh, it says zero participants. Okay. It says zero participants okay. there. Uh, you know what
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.